Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. The international break has been and gone. The amazing Vera and Olga have had their well-deserved day in the spotlight. And the Premier League is back underway with City bagging another three points against Fulham. To discuss that and much more, I have three guests whose combined age comes nowhere near Vera's. They are A View From A Blue, Stephen Allwise. Hello, hello. MCFC pragmatist, Nick Goldstone. Hi. And the one closest to Vera's age, the middle-aged David Blakeney. Hi. The Man City Show is back for the season by Ladbrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for all the latest odds and offers. Can we start with Olga and Vera? Stephen, just describe the emotion around the ground when they led the team out. It was, it was so, it was such a lovely moment because it's just unusual, and I think everyone who goes to the game can understand kind of their stories and how long they've been season ticket holders, and and the fact that you're so accustomed to seeing young kids as mascot these days. The fact that you've got. Um, to to women at the other end of the age spectrum, um, but who've clearly been City fans for all their lives. It was really touching. 102 um, and 97, I think. You know, there was a brilliant, and I will come on to talk about the game, there was a brilliant tweet that had a photo of the two of them, I think next to Walker and Otamendi, and it, the caption was around the lines of Pep's really getting complacent these days. <laughs> um, and I'm sure they could have done a job in the second half against Fulham, but it was it was a lovely touch from the club, whoever's organised that. It was It was nice. I think I think Vincent sort of visited them last year as well, didn't he? I think we're getting good at all of that stuff, aren't we? And uh, my dad knows them actually. Just a bit of name dropping here. My dad knows both Olga and Vera, and so they're lovely ladies. And uh, a great moment. And uh, so it kind of sits along nicely with sort of Shake Mansour's letter. You all get Shake Mansour's letter this week, last week. I did, yes. And your your, your thoughts when you received that, Nick? Will you, to give you a warm glow inside and make you feel good about our club? I thought it was a very well written letter. It was a difficult thing to write it could have been done quite crassly um, but it wasn't it was quite nice it was quite uh, sort of homely and it got the I, I just thought it sort of c- 
caught the mood as well as it as it as it ever could have. And you being a sort of a finance man, the numbers also, that's something I probably should have warned you about, but uh, should ask you about the numbers because they look pretty promising as well without going into all the detail and all the detail finance stuff. But, but overall, another good performance on the, on the balance sheet? Well, yeah, I think they've got over 500 million of turnover uh, for last year, which I think only um, one other team, which I won't mention, has, has beaten. Uh, they're profitable. Um, yeah, I mean, in all honesty, it's not something I'm that excited about one way or another. It's kind of not, it's not my business, really. Um, well, it's your team. You're an accountant. Yeah, and there are some pretty interesting elements to the numbers. I mean, uh, 500 million of turnover, only 10 million of profit, which is, you know, is a positive number. But I think it's well down the list in uh, um, compared to other clubs in the league, interestingly enough. Um not a lot of profit from um, player sales. Um, and just the other point I found quite interesting was that match day income is about 57 million, which was a bit higher than the previous year. But it just does go to show, I think lots of people say, well, the ticket prices don't matter. Why don't they cut them all or leave them the same? Why does it make a difference on a, on a business that's turning over over 500 million? And, and actually the numbers would suggest that there is something in there that, that it does make a difference when we're looking at whether the whether the business is making a profit or not. So if that's important to the to the club and the company and the owners, then that is that is going to be something that they're going to continue to be looking at. David, you've got a jacket and tie on, and, and yeah. so you must have a view on this. I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, the club have invested one point. Well, the Sheikh Mansour's invested one point three billion. But he only bought it for two hundred million. And he's got a very nice stadium for that as well. Yeah, uh, 10 years later, the club is probably worth two and a half billion. They've taken turnover from 80 million circa to probably five, it's 500 now. And actually, the players are probably worth a cool six, seven, eight hundred million total um, when you add all that up. Plus, they've got a lot of potential players coming through the ranks at youth level. So, actually, I think they've done pretty well overall. I've got a funny feeling, I'm not sure if this is the Man City Show podcast or I'm in the Financial Times offices here for a second, but uh, I guess we should be talking about the game as well a bit. But uh, listen, interesting numbers, and uh, thank you for your your insights. Uh, Someone who's not very happy um, is Pep. Uh, One hears he got them in for extra training, Stephen. We've got a 3-0 thrashing, very comfortable victory again, but Pep's not happy. He's got them back in for extra training. Yeah, I think there's probably something slightly misleading in that, in that we um, obviously have the midweek Champions League game, so it's not as if we've got a whole week off and, and they can have a couple of days away. Um, so I'm sure they were in the next day, I think as they normally are actually, for all their massages and recovery and, and warm downs. Um, but you can understand why he was maybe frustrated at, at some of the finishing. We weren't very ruthless. We created so many chances. And against better opposition, who we may face in midweek and and the top six in the Premier League, we can't miss that many chances. So I'm sure he was pleased at at some of the football in open play and the way in which we cut through Fulham. Um, 
But at the same time, we're going to have to be better in front of goal in the bigger matches. David, it's a bit of a theme, this, isn't it? You know, the, there have been plenty yeah. of matches, not just last season, this season, where we we've, we dominate possession, we have loads of chances, and, and we say it's only 3-0, but, and we've still got, I think, the best, at this after the few games, still got the best yeah. goal difference in the Premier League as it stands, but we're missing a hatful of chances every game. Well, if you look at the Wolves game, we didn't bury them. That had a bit of a, a mirror image of two years ago when we weren't burying teams. And, yeah, we did miss chances, but I think Pep was also unhappy that we weren't passing it properly and we would have got caught out against a better team. And one of his big moans was, yeah, they can't even do the simple passing this time. And I think that's what frustrated him even more than the missed chances. I found it frustrating to watch because it's like, are we going to try and score or are we just going to knock it around with each other? At least, you know, at the end of the day, people pay money and we've got such a great team. They want us to score as many goals as possible. And we weren't good enough at at that. That's one of the things with Tiki Taka that Pep hates that term because it's all around just passing it almost for the sake of passing it and the centre-back knocks it to the midfielder and back again. Whereas Pep's style of football is always with the end goal in mind of, of creating a chance, scoring a goal, doing something positive. But at the same time, they've got a game in midweek. You can understand the players almost coasting through the second half. They got the third goal, which killed the game early on. Um, but Pep's a perfectionist. We've seen that time and time again. That he's season, Why don't you take those players off and put ones who might not be playing midweek and let them have a go? Well, he did, well, think, didn't he? The Aguero injury, I think, scuppered probably Foden's chances of getting on. Are you as frustrated, Nick? I mean, you can you can be quite critical at times. You're a perfectionist. Well, I, I was... I have to say, I was quite. I wasn't frustrated at the game. I just thought that the intensity was completely gone in the second half. It really was metronomic. I mean, it was it was like watching a machine. They were brilliant. They were passing it around, but it was there was no fire. There was no play with courage. I think he but, said. But, but, there was, but Steve, sorry to interrupt. But Stephen's already said there's a midweek game. Absolutely, with, where the game was dead. Oh, I haven't finished no, yet. Go on then. <laughs> Having said that, I was so it, it was. I hesitate to use the word boring in the second half, but it, it was verging on it. But I was surprised that Pep came out after that game with the criticisms that he had, because there's lots of other performances that I think he could have criticised more harshly if he'd wanted to, and he chose not to. Um, but this one was. I mean, the first half was magical. Uh, I really. It was in. Um, I really felt, for the most part, the first half was really phenomenal, and we 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 easily could have had half a dozen goals. And actually, there was some really good um, uh, goalkeeping. Uh, there were one or two chances that we missed. There was one or two offside goals. Uh, one at least that we know wasn't offside. Um, and there were some chances that we we could have converted. Um, but overall, it was a phenomenal uh, display. Then we came out straight after half-time, scored another goal, killed the game. Now, what would you expect to happen in a, in a week where we've got a Champions League game on the Wednesday? You want the game to be over by half-time. You want to take some players out who you know are, that, you, uh, that you want to be available for Wednesday, ideally, or have had a little bit of a knock. And it was obvious that Aguero... Um, did get a knock in the first half. He took him off. Um, he took Delph off. 
decided to put Walker at left back, Fernandinho at right back, and stick Gundogan in the middle. Um, and then he's he's complaining after that game that it didn't quite go right when he he made some slightly odd tactical decisions. I thought, albeit maybe influenced by injuries, but slightly odd. Uh, uh, decisions which changed the whole shape of the team and he's got a game in the middle of the week in the Champions League which the players I would imagine have at the back of their minds um, so I felt it was a strange week to make that kind of a comment yeah, let's try and find something positive to say because this was a, well, a, a an amazing it was it, we, we mean, dominated and it was I mean, a pretty good performance wasn't it just it's, um, one quick point on yeah that. last year we hammered teams six and seven nil yep. and we still had European games so there's no difference but, um, but we didn't hammer six or seven that many times. Right. We, we were hammering teams full of times more, a we season. Were, we were more ruthless last year, and we will hammer teams. And when six we or were seven. doing Europe as well, if you look at some of the scores in the European games. So go on. So what? Give us some positives then, David. Who who stood out for you? Bernardo Silva is one. That, I think that, that, the two Silvers yeah. definitely. How David Silva carries on like that is remarkable. I think Bernardo Silva's superb. I love watching him play. Um, I thought Sterling had a reasonably good game. Um, he's completely different for City than he is for England, which is... I think, I he, was, I think I he had a very good. Sterling game. He does lots of great yeah. things, good movement. He gets into brilliant positions. He works tirelessly, make run, makes runs that others don't. And yet the end product isn't always there and he missed a couple of chances and wastes a couple of balls across the box and then he scores because he's in the right place at the right time. Mm. It was kind of encapsulated Sterling at the moment. What about the people coming back? The the people who have, we hadn't seen. We've mentioned Sane. We've obviously had uh, Delph who Delph, came back in and Delph played very well. Looked as if he well looked as if he's played there all his career, which he has for the last season. Um, settled in perfectly with Sane as well. Those two obviously played a lot last year, and it, it they link up well. Sane can stay wide. He knows that Delph's not going to run into his space like Mendy might. Delph's very happy just to to drop a bit deep, sit deeper or drop in field. Um, and Sane responded well. He's had his was fair that, share of headlines. Was another one as well? Yeah, did, did fine. Fully uh, didn't no, pose. But he stands out though, did they? I thought, well, I thought um, Delph had a great first half. I thought there was a real difference between that interaction on the left-hand side with him playing rather than, than uh, Mendy. Um, now, that's not to say that that won't... Um, develop in the same way or in a different way when uh, Mendy does play but it's it was not quite there yet with him I don't think and there was a difference um, this week um, I think that that interaction on the left is not replicated for whatever reason on the right hand side and whether that says something about Sterling or Walker or the fact that you've not got a uh, uh, um, um, a silver that's interlinking the two on that side of the pitch so much, um, but it's not there. Um, the other, the other player I thought really stood out, other than Bernardo, was Emmerich Laporte. I thought he had a fabulous game. Um, he's starting to look really, really composed, um, and I'm very, very positive about the way he might might continue to uh, develop over the rest of the season. What do you, what's your view, David, about this kind of this whole rotation situation? Because because of the depth of the squad and the number of world class players we've got, and we've discussed this a few times on the pod, but it's an opportunity for you maybe to give us your view. Every single game, we're going to have two, three 
world-class players not even making the, the matchday squad just because the sheer size. We've got De Bruyne to come back. You know, as we said, those key players just not even around the squad. What, how big a problem is that, do you think? Or do you think Pep is, if anybody's going to do it, Pep's the man who's going to be able to manage that situation? Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting how much he was rotating because I think last year he didn't rotate as much mm. as this year. And you sort of get a bit worried that if he rotates it too much, that understanding in the core part of the team is going to be lost. And I'd love to see Laporte and Stones together, you know, much more and really build that relationship. I'm a bit concerned how Mendy and um, Will play, as you said, I agree with you there. I think that is a bit concerned because I think it's an interesting dilemma he's got because mm-hmm. I think Mendy and Sané might not be quite as good as, as what you've said. So... That's going to be interesting. So I think the... But yeah, too much rotation in my opinion. The, the one player actually we've not mentioned in all of that who I thought was was superb at the weekend as he has been year after year after year was Fernandinho mm-hmm. who just knits everything together and, and looks... And you know we, we know that there's not a natural replacement for him in the squad and might, Pep might have to pick and choose his games more wisely, especially now we're playing multiple times a week. But he looked energetic. He, he made the first goal with, with the way that he pressed high. Um, he's arguably the most crucial player in the squad because there isn't anyone who can replace him who's near his level. It made a big difference when he moved out of the centre and into, into right back really made a difference. Well, it's difficult to do this uh, on, on, on radio, but, but I, if I can just describe the studio, the studio is awash with gifts that have been uh, given to us by our good friends at Watney's. Uh, we've got a whole load of pale ale here, so just excuse me, I'm just going to have a... If you don't mind a second, I'm just going to have some... That is delicious. Um, so thank you to them um, for supplying us with, with copious amounts of pale ale. Much appreciated. Thank you to Watney's. Um, can we uh, talk about what's going to happen then this weekend uh, before we talk about the European game? Uh, we travel to Cardiff to be kicked off the park again. I seem to remember a fairly vicious 90 minutes uh, last season. Um, I'm going off with my friend John, Cardiff fan. Uh, you're going to be there at, uh, at the weekend? You're going to be in Cardiff? No? I'll be there. So I'm going with my, my Cardiff mate, John. He's with the Cardiff fans, I'm obviously with the City fans. So y- your thoughts ahead of uh, the fixture, yeah. David? Are we going to kick off the park again? Or this? Um, I think I've, what I was quite pleased about was because they got a little bit of a battering by Chelsea, that might make them a bit more, you know, their confidence might be a little bit lower than it would have been. Uh, but we get battered on the pitch. I think hopefully we would have learnt from last year what they're up to and maybe change the way we play a bit against them. We'll wait and see. But I think, listen, we've got to win those sort of games. And I, I don't know if you all feel the same, but every year now we start playing these games and we say, have we turned the corner now? Are we always going to beat these teams? Or are we all, always liable for another banana skin? Do you know, well, I, was, I was chatting, sorry, Steve, no, I was chatting to somebody earlier today, actually, a, another City fan who may well be a, a guest on the show in future weeks who's keen to come and join us. Uh, he goes back even further than I do. Um, he's been watching City for about 60 years. Um, and he was talking about, I forgot what I was going to say now, what we were talking about. about the way we play to, uh, these, I think. these teams. <laughs> I've had no, the way we play these teams. 
<laughs> I called it, and we're always still nervous every year. But Thank we're you. Still well done. Thank you. See, this one has gone straight to my head. It's, it's beautiful stuff. Um, so, yeah, no, I've, I've given up. I'm going to drink me one. You carry on, you three. I'm just <laughs> well, I think I it's it's definitely a potential banana skin. Um, the manager, I can't even remember his name. Neil except Warnock. Colin Wanker, that's all I can remember. But he is he is the epitome of evil, These, uh, I think. Who, Warnock? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, it, but, but he... he, he uh, uh, he knows what he wants to do. We know how he's going to try and play. Um, and just going back for a second to the the whole idea of this rotation thing, I think it, it it's great in the long term. It's great for for the for the season to have players not playing too much, but all all getting a go. Um, but there is a little bit of a danger, I think, that some of the players get a little bit lackadaisical, a little bit overly relaxed about how they're playing. Um, and what what the team is and who he's picked because it could be you know he's going to perm almost any eleven from the from the sixteen or mm-hmm. seventeen and it's mm-hmm. you know we we don't really care it's because they're all they're all going to do a job um, but I, it, it, that doesn't quite build a, enough of a tension for me in you know I want to be playing every week um, I I, I think it, it's the opposite because I think if there's that competition for places they know that they have to perform. They're not just guaranteed to be named on the team sheet next week. Someone like Bernardo, you're not going to drop him next week because he's been so brilliant mm-hmm. um, all games. Laporte's another one. He's been probably those two, I think, players of the season so far. So it's the other centre-back that gets rotated. Um, and you know, I'm sure it's more slightly more nuanced than who's playing well stays in the team and Pep's got an eye for the future. But I think it does increase the competition as long as it's not seven changes per game, which is not. But just on Cardiff, I don't think it's a banana skin at all. I think they are rubbish. I think they'll get relegated, they'll finish 20th, and they'll be lucky to make 25 points across the season. So going back to what David says, this could be our first six or seven thrashing of the season, you think, potentially? I think so, yeah. I feel, I have to say, I feel the same way. I've remembered what I was thinking before, um, and and it's about the fact that I still when I still watch City and, I, and I'm going now back to the Fulham game, even when we're one nil up in this new era, there were times where I felt they're going to get an equaliser here. It's just yeah. not going to work for us. And still to this very day, I sit there and have that nervous. Did you all, do you all well, feel exactly the same that, way? Yeah. And what is that? What's but, that all about? I well, still I feel nervous. It, yeah, absolutely. But actually, in that game, there were some there were some uh, 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 some brief periods when they had some reasonable possession, and it but was I'm quite sorry, an open game. I'm cut across, yeah, uh, uh, the reason I'm asking is, it's not about that game; it's that mentality yeah. we have well, as yeah. City fans. And, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and I was I sometimes, am I the only, I only one who feels that I way? I think that's largely disappeared over the last season but or I two. Still feel it. I, I, I still feel it. I felt a slight element of that before Arsenal, the first game of the season. You think. Good team, new manager, their fans will be up for it. We're away from home. And yet we were brilliant and we go out and kill the game. And that's what we've done for the past since Pep's been here. And of course, you know, given what fans have gone through over the years and we've not had sustained success, there's going to be the element of nervousness of are we going to perform? Is it going to be another banana skin? But you look at the manager we've got, the players we've got, the results in the last year or so. I know, I know all of that. But that's what, that's what Pep is really talking about that's the essence of his issue uh that he's talking about now is that we're not taking chances killing off teams mm-hmm. scoring lots of goals i mean i think one one of the things he said quite interestingly was you know we need to score lots when we get the opportunity because this this year could be very very tight yeah. and it could come well, down to goal difference but he had, 
But it was more the passing. It wasn't the finishing. It was the passing he was annoyed about this time. Yeah, that's what he's worried about. I'm like that. I get nervous still. I still got that mentality. Mm. But when I watch Liverpool at the moment, I'm looking at like, if I, they just look rock solid. They just don't look like they're going to lose at any point at the moment when we still look vulnerable. And if I'm a Liverpool fan watching them, I would feel a, a lot more assured. Are they are, 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 are favourites of the title? They must be, yeah. I think they look really good. Really? Oh, yeah. Favourites well, ahead of us? Them. There's no way. They just don't look like... And they're getting the rub of the green. But there was 29 points or something between us last year. So yeah, are, are, how at, are they going to make up that difference? We're well, going to Well, lose. look how many they made up in the first five games. They've probably made up four or five already. It's but very we're, early, we're very early days. Very early days. I, I know, but I've just <laughs> looked at them and I thought they look more solid they, than we are. They've been solid. They've played well. Yeah. They look a good team, but... They would look at us, I'm sure. Liverpool fans doing their podcast right now would be saying City look dangerous. They're not playing at their best and they're scoring three and could have scored ten. Nick, yeah. Liverpool are a real threat? The only threat, would you say? Uh, not necessarily the only one, but I think they certainly are. Um, you know, the league's not about playing these teams over and over again. The set, you know, It's about all the other teams you play. We can't. We can only affect what... Uh, 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 the uh, the points they get in a couple of games. It's only six points that we can affect. The rest of it's down to them. It's the same as the rest of you know our season is down to us. So how they do? You know, I don't think we're we're going to get near a uh, hundred points this year. Purely because I think that to a certain extent, as brilliant as we were and as brilliant as we are, you've got to have the rub of the green and you've got to just get bits and pieces going your way to win games every so often. And you just don't get that many wins and that many points every season. So I think 100 points this year is is just very, very unlikely. Early 90s, yes. But there's no reason why uh, Liverpool, and they're probably the only team who are capable of doing it, aren't going to be capable of, of getting somewhere close to that. And it might well come down to some very little things. You know, the Wolves game being the first example of the season where... Everything went against us, and therefore we uh, 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 we didn't win the game. Liverpool have got a little bit of momentum already. They think they're doing fantastically well. Um, everybody seems to be behind them. Everybody wants a big battle. It, uh, quite honestly, I want a big. I I, I want to see a battle. I want to see us win it. But I'd really like to see a big, big battle again with them, and for us to come out on top and not just walk it again right, well, with that in mind before that battle I need some more sustenance so we're going to have a break and I'm having a Watney's the whistleblowers is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale Watney's Pale Ale the whistleblowers beer of the month the Man City show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. welcome back uh, on Wednesday, we entertain Leon uh, as we kick off our Champions League campaign. Before we talk about the, the game itself, um, important we win the Champions League this year, Stephen? Football fans like talking about this, don't they, in terms of City aren't a great team, won't be known as a great team until they win the Champions League. And we've got to the semi-final, but never won it. Yeah, it's one of the things that, that gets thrown at us. Um whenever anyone wants to, to slightly add a, a caveat to our um, performances or, or achievements in recent times that 
we haven't done as well in the Champions League or as consistently in the Champions League as we maybe should have done. Um, I think Pep's view is that the Premier League is more important because it's reflective of the genuine quality of a team. It's over 38 games. Champions League, if you get to the knockouts, you can have a couple of poor performances or the other team can play out of their skin as Liverpool did you know, for 45 minutes and you've killed a tie already. So it's a little bit more down to, to luck or a one-off game. Um, I'm sure Sheikh Mansour would love to win the Champions League. That builds into his vision of global dominance and I'm sure would boost the financial elements that we talked about before. Um, be interesting, I think fans would prefer the Premier I Well, I'm not going to speak for the fans. I personally would prefer to win the Premier League again. I think it the the joy that we got from last season and playing so well every single week surpasses playing well a few times in Europe when... You know, the, it's almost a forced competition. Um, but there are plenty of people who say we're not a great team until we do win the Champions League. I mean, I'm, I'm with Stephen David, you know, back-to-back Premier Leagues. Having said that, the Champions League has got to be won within a reasonably short timescale. I think probably the initially I saw Champions League, but I agree a back-to-back would be really what we need to do to, to prove the dominance but we have to start performing better in the Champions League we need to do semi-final stroke final at least this year even if we don't win it have a good showing because we you know we didn't do well enough last year and in fact when we played in the one semi-final we were very poor and didn't give it a fight and I know that I am convinced that the board of Man City and Sheikh Mansour have got it that we have to start winning. I mean, he talks about climbing the mountain or climbing Everest or whatever, winning halfway up. Well, that's because we haven't won the Champions League. So I think if you said the league this year, but do well in Europe, but we need to in the next two to three years, definitely win it. Seems a reasonable argument, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I don't think having had this fantastic um, documentary made about the club and seeing all this inside the changing room and inside what's going on, you can't not take uh, any reading out of that and sort of refer to it. And one of the one of the things that I took from watching it was the disappointment of losing mm. at, at Anfield in particular. And, and actually not directly because I don't think we really saw... The reaction after that game, interestingly enough, inside inside the um, changing room, we saw it in other games. We saw it after the United game when they were, when they were all very disappointed, mm. but we didn't see anything from what I recall after that that Anfield game. And maybe that's um, maybe there was a reason for that. But they've got to be so disappointed, and Pep's got to be so disappointed about what what happened that night against the rest of the season, and just you know what an opportunity it was last year, having wrapped up the league pretty much so early and um, being out of the FA Cup as well. We had that run. We had the, the you know potentially the clearest run for the Champions League we could have had in terms of the number of games or the 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 the, the lack of any real pressure in the other competitions, and so to have have missed out last year. He talked a lot in the series across the whole of the year about the Champions League, I, I thought, uh, as did a lot of other people in the c- club. I think they they really, really want to do something in it this year. Uh, for me personally, I'd, I'd agree with the other guys. I think 
you know it's never been a massive thing for me it's more about the premier league and the the domestic competitions i mean i'd love I'd love just, I, 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 I want us to do the double apart from anything else, which is something we still need to do. Sure. Yeah. David. But there's another thing, one major factor. We can't become this worldwide club without winning the Champions League because our following abroad is still way behind the others. And the only time we're ever going to change that tide is Champions League. And at the moment, if you just keep winning the league, you're not going to do it. And if you ask the club at the moment how we progress worldwide in, in our followers, we're not where they want to be. And they don't quite understand why we're not there at the moment, I think. It's definitely that. When you, when you look at the group, Stephen, and, and we'll come on to the Lyon game specifically on Wednesday, but Hoffenheim, Shakhtar and Lyon, you look at that group and you have to say we're favourites. about as generous as we could have got. Um, you'd have to aim to finish first, surely. And the game on Wednesday, your thoughts in terms of, we talked about rotation earlier on, um, his best 11, does he know his best 11, your, your thoughts on how he's going to set up three at the back? It's a good question, does he know his best 11? I'm not sure he does at this stage. Um, the, the easy option, I think, is to play the same front three as we saw at the weekend, if Aguero's fit enough. Um, the same midfield three, because whilst De Bruyne is out, they are your best options. Who the two centre-backs are, I don't think any of us could predict. Um, Mendy, I don't... The, the talk today is that he's not going to make it. Delph presumably plays. If Delph can't make it because he's injured, then I don't know whether Zinchenko comes in, whether um, Laporte may shift over to left-back. But I think the front six are probably fairly set in who they're going to be. Yeah, I mean, I'd make a couple of points and just ask a couple of questions, really. If Aguero's not fit and uh, Jesus plays, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but is he good enough? And we didn't really talk about him in terms of the last couple of weeks and how he played on the weekend, but is he good enough? Would we want him to play? And the other point I would maybe ask is, is company one of the two um, that you'd want to see playing at the back? David, do you want to, do you want to take that on then? So Jesus good enough? Yeah. Isn't he? He's good enough, but he's just not gone to the next level. And that's what most of us are concerned about. He's he's sort of... He's still potential. Where he's, 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 he's young. I'd agree with that. He's, he's still potential. He's very young. But I think he suits Pep's he style does, maybe yeah. more than Aguero. He works hard off the ball. Because of the running. Big, he yeah. does. But I'm not sure his touch is quite there it's just not, yet. No. Uh, but he's, he's a the, kid. He is. What about at the back? What about uh, company? Who, who, would, who would you play? Would you would you pay company? His experience, his yeah, leadership. Play company. His... I would play company for this one. Yeah, I'd rather have Stones playing in the league games and company maybe in the European games. Yeah. What we do need is I just hope the the crowd we have a bit of passion there because there's a big thing about this you know filling the ground the passion in the European games and that, when you look at Liverpool and their nights we need a bit of that, don't we? You don't think we should play Olga or Vera? You don't think they're going to make it? Make the eleven? <laughs> Probably no? still quicker they're than Gundogan. The they're on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an absolute pleasure. A uh, huge thanks to my three guests, to Nick Goldstone, to Stephen Allwise, and to David Blakeney. This is Nigel Rothbound saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. 
Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.